0: Is real, kipper, and board on Sportsnet 590
1: The Van. You heard the man. Season 2, episode 16. Fair warning to you all. That in the next two hours, if this show sucks, <laughs> it's not our fault. <laughs> and it's not... Derek Brandale's fault, Jen Rolnick's fault, Sammy McKee's fault. It won't be our guests' fault. Gary Galley, Scott Hartnell, Andrew Peters are scheduled. I'm blaming it on the weather. We're grumpy.
2: We're collectively grumpy today. My voice is kind of half gone. We're just going to be grumpy today. What happened? Ah, you know, I was at a Lady Gaga concert last night screaming my, my lungs out. No, oh,
1: dude, no. no.
2: <laughs> no I'm, I'm actually recording the audio book of my book, which is Got a lot of lull.
1: Voice. Another day off for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, they're, they're playing. They're skating today. but there are, they're, well, not, they're not
2: off. They're not playing. Yeah, they're... Uh, so they, they stayed an
3: extra day in Vegas. Just on, what they earned.
2: I wonder... Well, I'm sure it was pre-scheduled and they didn't want to yank the rug out. Why, uh, why not? Why not yank it? Yeah. I do wonder, can you do that at the NHL level? Like, it's not junior hockey where you can, like, emotionally manipulate kids. Yeah, you can. You need to tell yes, you can. Giordano to stay in his room at 30-some years no. old. 50 just no. Like, boring-ass San Jose.
1: You're just telling them that uh, whatever you had planned, plan around uh, coming to the rink from 3 o'clock to 4.30. Yeah. And you take – then now guys can't go golfing and they're mad at you.
2: Yeah, you're grumpy seven yes. games into
1: the year, the grumpy like us. Isn't that the whole idea of, of – Trying to hold people accountable, or uh, don't do that here. Repercussions for a game that you sh-
2: probably should have lost seven or eight one. I am serious when I ask you: Is it fair? Is it possible to do that to grown men to say that you can't? You got to come in and you don't go out of your hotel rooms. No fun zone. We're all frustrated.
1: No, you're now you're you're. Truly treating them like they're seven years of age, yeah. but you could Say, make, you okay, could have, have a
2: meeting at you noon. could have
1: made them come to the rink yesterday. Yeah, that's all. Okay, I, no more, no less. But
2: that's the type of thing that when I played made me so pissy.
1: I just I like listen. A I'm day ta- uh, I, I've I've been there on a number of occasions. It? We've been in L.A., uh, Florida, and make no mistake about it, the boys make plans. And one of them 100%. would have been for sure a golf outing yesterday. Yes. If you had the day off, you stayed in Vegas, you're finding – Wolf Creek? Is that the you're finding somewhere fun. And you know someone the, knows someone who the, set them up. and The lunch, uh, the, the the pops, yeah, they would have been flowing yesterday. And th- there might be two cool schools of thought is that, hey, they Wolf. were at home for a long t- period of time. Mm-hmm. The idea was to get them on the road, no Toronto circus, just let them bond. Maybe that's what they need, just to get into a room and together. And four and
2: three, not sit two in and five. Sit on a golf
1: course, sit on a golf course, talk about it. So there's a couple of different angles that you could yeah. take on it. Okay. But if it's tough love, it still works. Mm-hmm. There, there's only one thing worse than taking guys uh played a play date away <laughs> what's that take away their ice time next yeah that's the only other somewhere. thing is that if this doesn't work and you come out flat against San Jose mm. then maybe it's a a lesson learned for the next the next time Yeah,
2: I'm telling you, though, it did always frustrate me. I remember, like, having 11.30 curfew on New Year's Eve twice in my career, I think, because we had (laughs) lost hockey games. And it's like, is that really
3: making a difference? Well, one thing I would say that I didn't notice, uh, didn't notice any social media from any of the Leafs who sometimes like to post things on social media. I bet. I bet
2: there was team instruction. Like, hey, we just came off a pretty bad loss. But if they
3: they win in Vegas, we're seeing some golfing picks.
2: Guaranteed. We got no Willy Nipples on Instagram now. <laughs> not even one.
1: I thought for sure we'd get one. Yeah. <laughs> An unbuttoned shirtless talk. Well, we had that conversation before the Vegas game and we right. said win. Yeah. It's it's hard to show, I think, uh and it's it's not a horrible, horrible record, but it's a horrible, horrible like three games. The three losses are not, right? Bad. Yeah. The losses. They're are bad. bad they're bad losses. Yeah definitive so no don't you don't get to show everybody that uh you know the world's great right now (laughs) yeah to to be uh a toronto maple leaf so is this related to being a toronto maple leaf like if you're is this even a story if you're in a smaller market well we only bring this up right because our boy sammy had just spoken to us moments before we went on air and said Hey, the New York Yankees, some of them are complaining <laughs> how tough Sam's it voice. is to be a New York Yankee and Don't the expectations like? to win are so bad. <laughs> did I did I frame it correctly, Sammy? You did. You did. I can find I'm just going to quickly pull up the quote here that they had, but
3: basically they're saying that the weight of being a New York Yankee is getting heavier and heavier with all the passing, making um, it
2: worse to be a Yankee, which you find relatable to being a. Toronto well, here's Navy.
3: here's what it here's what the uh, the quote is, and this is from uh, an article. Uh, this is from an article in New York that says more than one Yankees player has told his agent this week that playing at the stadium last weekend was unusually a unusually brutal experience. It was hard for many teammates to believe that fans booed Aaron Judge, even a difficult person, an underperformer like Josh Donaldson say that again was turned into a somewhat (laughs) sympathetic figure internally by the force of the jeering uh the second part is now the clubhouse itself feels crushed under the weight of that brand more than i've ever seen players don't want to be yankees the team needs to fire in a way to change the message and tone though all these uh though all after all these years doing so might be near impossible
4: do I need to call you a whambulance?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Andy Martino from SM. So how you do you change that if you're inside the organization? Do you knock on everyone's front door and just say,
2: Hey, be nicer.
1: please be nicer. Say nice things on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, I, uh, or do you start with the media? Do you buy them lunch every day? Like how do I, you, where, where do you, where do you start? That process.
2: It is funny. You know, there's 32 teams in hockey and expectations that you win a championship are pretty high, you know, for good teams. I guess players don't get to enjoy the fruits of being a Toronto Maple Leaf the way that they used to. Like, I think players used to be held up as more heroes, regardless of how it went. Like, oh, shucks, we suffered a tough loss. Is it is it different now being in a major market, being under the scrutiny of win or you're getting booed? Imagine booing Aaron Judge after the season he just had. To Ridiculous. Me,
3: to me, there's no comparison between what's harder: being a Yankee and being a Leaf. Being a Yankee is a hundred times harder than being a Leaf,
1: if you ask me. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a way more cutthroat. Well, what do you think? It's a w- well. First of all, uh, just the, the sheer numbers, and I experienced this as a New York Ranger that you know, we're pretty popular there, but we're like compared to the Yankees, we're page. Ten on the sports page after you get through the Jets, Yankees, <laughs> the right, Giants, Knicks, uh, Knicks, uh, yeah. and and you can get lost. And but once you get into your 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 core hockey group, yeah, they, you can feel it. But mm-hmm. we're we're talking about a, a city that has what eight million people, twelve million people yeah. compared to Toronto, which is GTA ish half. Yeah, so. From the sheer numbers, there is no comparison. But, well, the comparison and, and, and
3: is and the most popular team in the market. I think the Yankees. I I I, I don't know. I've I, never really done this, but I think the Yankees would probably be the number one team in in New York. Agreed, right? Probably agreed. in all sports. Maybe Dallas yeah. Cowboys yeah. or you know. So I think the the, the comparison would be Manchester that the, that the Leafs mean, are worldwide. Yeah, that the Leafs are the number one team in this market in this country. Probably, if you're yeah. gonna across all sports teams, the Leafs are probably the most popular. And For if sure. you did with the Yankees, they're probably the most popular. So. That's the comparison, but I don't think it's nearly as cutthroat here for the Leafs as it
1: is for the Yankees. But if you ask certain players, they would say it's cutthroat here.
2: Yeah, if you're Mitch Marner and you're like, sorry, all I do is score goals. I had 100 points last
1: year. You know, why am I not M- the most from ha- here? M- Mitch why? has been the most po- polarizing by far.
2: Like, why am I not the most beloved player in Leafs history? Because they haven't
3: gone to the first round. Right. That's I it. mean, but it, this is the point is that scrutiny is so heavy. But the Yankees expect championships. That's what they they measure every season yeah. against winning a championship or not winning a championship. Here, you don't have to win a
1: championship. No, you have to have some I good know, playoff but, performances. But the expectations have been built the moment Brandon Shanahan came in that he was going to be the difference maker here. And when Babcock signed, the trajectory was by now
2: Oh, yeah. By oh, now, better than this, yes, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yes. w- you
1: think championship? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think 100%. You're fair, fair there. And I do believe that uh, maybe the first half a dozen games have shown an indication of maybe more frustration than even past seasons, all of Brendan's past seasons. Mm hmm. And usually the frustration comes the moment after they get knocked out in the first round. But judging by what we've seen in the first six or seven games here, you don't get any sense at all that if they don't kind of straighten this out and start showing that they are a a top team that's going to compete for 100-plus points and challenge for the Atlantic, that things can't get ugly for some of the players here? Oh, I think you could get ugly for sure. You know, I. Uh, but I think it's but, more. I, to me,
3: it's more a product of the way the player has changed as opposed to the way the fan has changed. Don't you think? Like, I don't think fans now. I just think it's an accessibility thing as opposed to how hard fans are on them. As, you know, like you can just get at them now. I could send Mitch Marner an, an Instagram on DM on Instagram as opposed to. I don't think fans are any more. You can DM Mitch Marner. I uh, pretty sure. Yeah. No. Let's no. check. You can do you can DM. I mean, stuff you on have Instagram. a choice as well, someone can to leave them open or closed. You can send into a,
1: a list with a hundred thousand other yeah. people, but you can't direct message him. I just went to Mitch. Martin's I hope Instagram. not. I went to Mitch Marner's Instagram, and there's two buttons. One says follow.
3: One says message. Send so Mitchie a message. See if he'll send, come on our show. I could send him a message.
1: <laughs> I got to get through six layers <laughs> That's of PR, not right? For that. <laughs> Let's find out. Can we get Twitter? <laughs> Twitter? If this works? Can we get Twitter on the phone? <laughs> no,
3: it's not on Twitter. On Instagram.
1: You oh, Instagram. That. Yeah. So
3: I think I don't think fans are any. You we're think sure fa- you think fans in the '80s at Yankee Stadium were less were were like were lighter than they are now? You don't think they would be acting the exact same way well, to, if they had
2: the ability well, so to reach the, point, the players? Then. So here's the point. Then. I would imagine fans have always been the ugly. same. Fans have always been the same, but now players can feel the weight of the volume more because they can be directly contacted. Contact you can be added like even if you can't directly message Mitch Marner you can use his Twitter handle to get in his message list correct you know so like I'm sure once in a
1: while now, wouldn't you open it up once I in a just while not share a, you know all the haters on me for right. not like for liking a, a horrible message how often
2: do you look at your mentions
1: um probably. Daily, yeah, I would say daily. Like, I, I would bet well, if we were a more popular first, show, you'd check less often. The, the, <laughs> you know, the whole idea of of Twitter is to be informed, in and yeah. what's going out there, what's out there, and is there news out there? Like, the one the one thing that I like to do is just I I can form an opinion right away, and I'm like, am I overreacting? Maybe I'll just go down and yeah. and, and listen to the voices out there who who. uh are the bulk of I think the the watchers. You and almost have to take the general tone of thirty
2: comments instead of reading individual find, uh, ones.
1: Exactly, and yeah. then like you know, if twenty of them say that they support something or they don't support something. You get a you get a general feeling of what the temperature out there is on certain subjects.
2: Which is why it was hilarious when I put a nine second video of Pierre Engval not throwing a hit, and I got you know a hundred mentions being like, I know that makes me insane. It's like oh, this that only happens in the Leafs market. You know you know you. He would uh, feel that here, where he wouldn't in. But it's a vicious, it's a vicious, Columbus.
3: it's a vicious cycle, and it's a non—you can't solve it. I actually think it's why Johnny Goodrow's in Columbus, by the way, because this, it's, this exact thing we're talking about—it's it's something that you can't solve, boys. It's I'm a Leaf fan. I want them to win. I don't, but I'm not the type of Leaf fan that's going to go on and tell Mitch Martin or Austin Matthews that you guys suck and at them on Twitter. Like I, I don't care nearly enough to do something like that. I'm not that much of an
1: idiot. But to there do are thousands, thousands upon thousands that will.
3: For, and so it's probably less fun to be a Leaf because you hear it
2: now when it's not going well. But and, I think
3: I think it's probably less fun to be.
1: Well, it's not less fun to play the a pro NHL. athlete. I
2: think any athlete. Well, no, it's any definitely Martin. less fun to be a pro athlete now than it was when Nick played, or it, or when my dad played before that.
1: It. Uh, and, uh, Definitely less fun. Again, from sheer volume, Toronto is the hardest in Canada. But you ask Carey Price, mm. what he's experienced. How much fun is, is Bruce uh, Boudreau having right now? Bruce Boudreau, Bo Horvat, JT Miller out in Vancouver. I, I would be petrified if I was them to go down uh their mentions their mentions yeah well what's Bruce
2: Boudreau got Alvin in his mentions in real life what did Alvin say today about Boudreau um I don't have it in front of me but it All wasn't great right. no didn't exactly Find have that coach's back yeah yep um but so that, that uh you know to me it's just volume then Sammy's right about that there's guys, more people these, and they these, can they get, get, get to
1: followed you. home yeah it's creepy it's not an easy decision to say do i want to go out for dinner tonight in in toronto and montreal and vancouver right now mm-hmm.
2: yeah the internet is a place you're supposed to stay away from i think if you live in these places i think talking to luke gazdick he said that in edmonton he felt that more like they there's more like when you would go out people recognized you at even yeah. higher level in a smaller
3: town like that something we should probably mention before we get to and Gary? yes is that jake muslin on ltir we should probably get to that piece of news
2: L-T-I-R for
1: Jake Muzzin. Yesterday. Yeah, last night kind of. It was, last night, Jake yeah. Muzzin went on L-T-I-R. I guess uh, why
2: did it take well, so long? Why didn't they do it right away? Does anyone know?
1: We don't know. I, like, that would have to do with... Uh, diagnosis? No. No, that would have to do with salary capping implications. That's what it would have to do with. Basically trying to stretch the time they can be into
2: L-T-I-R once Matt Murray comes back.
1: Trust me, whatever it is, it benefited the Leafs not putting him on LTIR
2: earlier. Because they knew right away it was LT. Like, Mitch Marner came out and was like, if he can ever walk his dog again, you know, Godspeed. I know he didn't say that, but you get the idea. Like, they were aware that this was not good for Jake Muzzin. So, curious to me that that it took this long, but now it's the question is, okay, you don't have Jake Muzzin, a big part of the decor that you had traded four years ago. What do you do now? Do you trade and spend that money? Because if you spend that money and then he comes back, you're hosed.
1: So um, your hands are tied. It it depends on what you're looking for right now and where other where other places can you shed payroll. And I threw out uh, last week Kerfoot's contract. If you unload Kerfoot's. contract at 3.5 then it would alleviate uh, Jake Muzzin's potential return yeah see
2: this is a tough spot though because now so you think you they should trade and use the space and if Muzzin comes back then they should they can make room by moving off someone like Kerfoot correct yeah Interesting to know. So how, so how come? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Just, uh, how comfortable do you feel then saying to Cal Dubas, who doesn't have a contract for next year? Okay. Make a big trade trade to replace Muzzin. You're trading a first. Yeah. You're trading a big pick to get someone good enough with a higher salary, presumably. And, and the guy
1: doesn't even have a deal for next year. I, I don't, uh, as long as, as long as uh, Kyle Dubas is here and he's got Brendan Shanahan beside him, there's there's just no way that Brendan would allow Kyle to continue as the general manager with or without an extension next year um, and not have the faith for him to just do what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see it as a a roadblock. I don't see Brendan Shanahan in the back of his mind going – do I want to give this guy the 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 keys to the the castle here um mm-hmm. while he has no contract next year? Like it's it's business as usual and Kyle yeah, and I don't want to say the word, you know, I don't necessarily want to frame it that he's cocky enough to think he's going to s- stick around, but I think he's cocky enough to say that as long as I do my job and they give me the green light, then that that extension's coming.
2: To your point, there's not really a world where Dubis is like I traded two first round picks for an expiring contract. You know, like he'll he'll still be looking for deals that help the team beyond this year. That has been his M O. Right. He yeah. wants guys with another year.
1: And if Brendan supports it, they're gonna pull the trigger together.
2: It's just funny. Well, a we're talking about Brendan having a bigger role in decisions like this than I think a president normally would, I think anyway. But also, like, you talk about NBA teams. The, the Lakers right now are talking about trading their unprotected firsts in 2027 and 2029 to get LeBron help now. And it's like in the NHL, we are so tight with, like, the idea of this guy trading a couple of picks. Well, it,
1: uh, remember last year they purposely said, we're not trading a first-rounder. Right. Would you ever think for one second they'll do that two seasons in a row when they have to win now? No. So you know for sure that this this year's first rounder is in play. Hundred percent. Almost definitely getting traded. A hundred percent it's in play. Yeah. To get the right guy, would you go two firsts? Two firsts. Are we back to talking about Jacob Chikrin <laughs> to win, <laughs> to win, yeah, to try to win now? Like, if you know, it's this all validated. Far, if you win, you if either you win got, or get fired. If, if you do if that, if you're that, talking that's about Le- saving LeBron, then let's talk about saving Tavares. Yeah, let's talk about saving a 60 goal scorer who might not want to sign an extension next hey, year. Now, now, you know it's no, so no, high No, no, no. You got to say it. You know what's so you high You got to think it. Oh. You have to think it.
2: This reminds me of challenging an offside you're not sure about. And if you get it wrong, you go shorthanded. Because with this, Kipper, if you trade two picks, two firsts, to win now for for a guy and you don't win now, not only did you not win now and you don't have the first, but a guy like Matthews looks at what you got in the cupboard and said, we're not going to get another top guy for years here. So it has implications beyond just the picks.
1: Because maybe you lose a player who looks at the picks. So... Would you now, Sammy? Go. We're gonna spend a first rounder and let's go get Matt Dumba, who's got an expiring contract. Bring me Matt Dumba, or do you go one extra first rounder and go get Chikrin, who's That's... got this year plus two more at four point six million? Like, where do you value that? Pretty high.
2: Pretty high. I tell you that much.
3: All right. <sighs> I still. Yeah. I still think they need more up front, which is crazy. They still need more creativity well, like,
1: in the bottom half of the lineup. Too. Okay, so Rent, rent Matt rent. Dumba, mm-hmm. and then... Rent, Patrick Kane, you're good. Rent, Patrick Kane with the other first-rounder. Yeah, would Kane get his first goal of the year last night?
2: Kids uh. on, fi- on fire.
1: Uh, we have uh, Gary Galley with <laughs> okay, us. Okay, sorry. All right, someone who's a uh, friend of the show all last season did a terrific job for us back again. Season debut, Gary Galley. <laughs> How's it going boys? Good pal. How are you?
4: Oh, awesome, awesome. So
1: I don't know if you caught any of our conversation off the top, but uh our boy Sammy uh had mentioned that there's some New York Yankees that have really acknowledged that uh like it's almost next to impossible to please the fans out of New York unless you win a championship and when you when you don't it's it's miserable. I mean Obviously, Toronto's the market we, we work here on a daily basis, but have you seen that over your career, Gary, where, uh, where some guys just can't handle certain, I don't know, markets, temperature?
5: I think there's always going to be certain areas, uh, and it depends on the, on the player, right? Is the player going back to his hometown? Um, we've seen that happen and be successful. We've seen that happen and it's fall flat where a player goes home thinking, this is going to be great. I got, and then all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't work out and then you're in your hometown and it's just, a, it, it's, a, it, you know, it's just awful. So um, I think there's different reasons why things work out or they don't work out. But um, you know, I've seen really good players, I mean hall of famer players go into cities and get booed out of town. You know, Larry Murphy is prime example. Um, you know, when you look at, you know expectations of people, and that's, that's everything about sports is expectations, right? Yep.
4: Um,
5: when there are no expectations, um, there's less anxiety, less stress. Uh, players play more naturally. They don't feel the the, the, the expectations as much. Um, and when there's high expectations, all the losses seem to be ten times more. The anxiety. Everyone's watching. People are complaining. People are angry. Uh, everyone feels it, and then it just it's, it, it it becomes really hard. Uh, to have, it's really beneficial when you have a group of good, strong players that handle expectations. And like uh, the Senators are a prime example. Years with no expectations. And then all of a sudden, last year, the GM throws out a statement and there were expectations. And they failed miserably. This year, uh, they tempered those expectations a little bit and, and set it up with a we want to play meaningful games when it gets to march and april which is a much better statement to make yeah so so now uh, they come out of the gate and they've had a pretty good start but now i'm in ottawa i live here expectations are starting to grow ahead of where they are so now it's going to be a matter of how dj smith and this team handles those expectations and stays in the ballpark stay stay in the main frame don't get outside where the noise is, stay in the mainframe. And yeah, you know, the Yankees and, and Aaron Judge and all that, what's going on there. It, it's, it, you know, it's hard. A guy hits 62 homers and, and ignites the crowd and Roger Maris's record the whole bit. And then, you know, has an off series or has an off playoff. And all of a sudden you we're know, booing him out of town, right? I mean, it, it, it's tough.
1: So so where's uh, Claude Giroux coming back home? Are they expecting him uh, to be that top player that he was for a lot of years, that, that point guy? In Philly, or is he finding his place in the latter part of his career?
5: I I think they're giving, they're going to give, they're going to give Giroux um, a nice wide pallet to work with him. I don't think that there is, they're placing any number of points they think he should score, whatever. They want his leadership, Uh, they want his ability to to maybe help the power play in the faceoff circle. But I don't think they're like the fans here are going, man. He better get this many points, or else. I think they realize, you know, he has a lot of uh, layers to him that are going to be beneficial. If it's not just in points, he's going to help in some other areas, and it could be a calming effect, and it could be it could be helping the team with expectations and saying, hey guys, I know that we've won some games, and everyone's talking us up, and we're the talk of the town. Stay, you know, stay grounded. Stay grounded. Uh, You know, and and Nick, you've been part of an exceptional playoff run in New York. You know what it's like. And you have leaders in that room that keep you grounded, that never let you get too high, never let you get too low. Try to keep that even keel. When you win, act like you've won before. You know, when you lose, you got to let them go. Short-term memory, get back to to the game plan and get back at it again. That's how successful teams win. And, and you've been a part of that, so you know that. But it's easier to talk about it than actually yeah. do it. Especially, like, picture if you're Vancouver, and you know you're a better team than what you're showing. You know all these things. But now, you know, it's just it, extra weight is landing and landing, and, and, it, and it, can, it can really spit out of control because you can't make the playoffs in October, but you can miss it in October. And, and that's what Vancouver is, is scarily on the edge of that happening.
2: It's funny you talk about expectations. The two teams with the longest winning streaks in the NHL are Ottawa and Chicago, who both had absolutely none. So I think you're bang on there. The uh, the other thing in terms of expectations going into this, uh, the year here in Toronto was that the Leafs' offense would be the Leafs' offense, <clears throat> you know, rolling, firing in all cylinders like they do. They're 29th in even strength offense right now. Well, do you have a theory on why they're struggling to score goals so far?
5: Well, first of all, I want to just give kudos out to Luke Richardson, a good friend of mine. and I'm, I'm thrilled at how... The starts going, but, you know, obviously there'll be some hard times that I'm just glad he got out of the gate. Good and feeling good about it and hearing good things there. But okay. Uh, next question. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think that teams are, are, are now a little more aware of, of Toronto's game plan, what they try to, what how they try to jump on you early, really lay it on you, score some goals, try to get you playing from behind. Uh, and then they play some feel good hockey down the end of the game. Um, playoff hockey is about grinding out wins. It's about figuring out how to grind out wins. Tampa Bay Lightning used to go into games and try to just, just out, outrun you, outscore you, uh, and, you know, let's get as many runs as we can and we can win these games. But when they got to the playoffs, they just kept hitting stumbling blocks. For the Maple Leafs, I think it's very similar. They, they, they win these these games in the regular season, and then, and then they struggle in the playoffs. And for Tampa Bay and John Cooper, they made the decision they were going to make some tweaks to their lineup get a little more sandpaper and learn how to win one goal games, learn how to win the tight games, not get so caught up in in, in the run and gun kind of stuff. And I think that the Maple Leafs are are in a transition period where they want to win these close games. They want to play. They don't want to open things up. They want to play kind of like a certain way that they know is going to benefit them in the playoffs. Um, It may not mean that they're going to finish in first place in the division, but it may mean when they get to the playoffs, hopefully they can win some meaningful games. And it's about, those guys that maybe lean a little bit more one way, ski downhill a little bit more one way, or maybe now trying to play a little differently, understand uh, a different way of winning because they want to win. There's no doubt they want to win. Uh, and you're going to need them to score goals for sure, 100%. Uh, but maybe in that transition, um, you know, things haven't gone as well as they'd hoped for, and they've got to figure it out. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm not really worried about Toronto. I think everything will, will come around and they'll, they'll be just fine. Um, but, you know, it, it's a lot of expectations and a lot of and a lot of weight on the shoulders of Dubas and Sheldon Keith. But, I mean, when you come out and make statements as a coach now, and I always get blown away why a coach will come out and leave an end a, a sentence without a period on it. You know, you've got to make your sentences with a period on the end, dead stop. When you leave things open, I think you leave things open for people to just add to the rest of the sentence for you. You know, Bruce Boudreaux, I mean, you can't understand what he's going through. You know, he's a good coach. He's a good person. And you and you think, wow, you know, he, this is a tough situation. But some of, some of his interviews, following some of those games, you were like, okay, you got to put a period there. You better stop right there. Because even though you're angry and you're frustrated, it bleeds over. And then, and then you got to come back and answer questions as to what you said before, which, you know, Nick, hey guys, you tell me, and you could ask your dad too, Borny, like, did the coach ever apologize for anything he ever said when he was mad at you? Lord, I don't man. recall anybody ever anybody ever coming up and say well you know what i think i didn't say that correctly i I, what i really meant to say was hey how about this i'm i'm peeved off okay and i said it maybe i said some things but i'm mad and i'm angry and i expect more from you and and it's not because i'm trying to be an ass i just want more from you and i know it's there and it's time it's time that we you know start doing this more. i i have nothing no problem with that I mean, there are sometimes coaches, man, were, wanted to kill me, and I didn't blame them, but, you know. But I didn't expect them to come back and apologize. I, I just find that everything is everybody's so sensitive now, you know. It's a different type of hockey player now. There's a sensitivity, and so the coaching has to be different because you're not just coaching, uh, you know, a system and how to play a system and do the system. You're coaching personalities now. It's a lot more difficult.
1: I can't find one person that told me that. Uh... Yeah, it's uh, it's a good thing that he did that, <laughs> you know. Uh, What's that, for back Sheldon? Backtrack, yeah, for oh, yeah. for Sheldon to backtrack. Uh, uh, moving forward, uh, Austin Matthews, we saw almost a sure goal taken away from him uh, in Vegas on uh, Monday night. But other than that, I, I'm kind of hard-pressed to, to see a consistency of great looks that we're accustomed to seeing him from game in, game out. Is there anything that you've seen differently uh, out of Austin Matthews? I know there's a a part uh, of his game now that we're talking about him being more physical, but, I mean, you've played with some great scorers over your career, uh, Gary, and, uh, I mean, the tendency is just to leave these guys alone and and work it out, correct?
5: Yeah, I think in a lot of cases that's true. I mean, uh, Cam Neely comes to mind right away, you know, a guy that really played physical, and uh, and um, and 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 scored a bunch of goals. I remember one time uh, Nick, where, where he was struggling, he hadn't been scoring, and uh, someone, a reporter, asked him a question, and he said, "Listen, I'm getting chances, and as long as I'm getting chances, I know eventually, I'll find the net." And then the next day, Harry Sinan said in the paper, "That's fine and good, but I don't pay you to get chances. I pay you to score goals." Okay. So there's a there's it, 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 you know. He has to score goals. That's what he gets paid for. So, uh, you know, and and no one knows that more than Austin Matthews. He hasn't found his swagger yet. That is for sure. You don't see that swagger that you see when he's he's really taking control of the ice. And when he takes control of the ice, there were times last year in games that I, I covered, and it was insane to watch him take control of a hockey game with his size, his strength, his attack. Uh, his vision of the ice. I mean, I haven't seen that yet. It's not, I'm not saying he's playing bad. I'm just saying I haven't seen that kind of swagger yet. You also have to understand that there's a, there's a book out on him too now, that if you play him extremely physically hard and you really, you know, get on the edge with him, that you can, you can deter him a little bit. And you saw Jamie Benn give him that shot. There's, 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 a, there's a book out there that you can play hard on him. And I think in, in return, he's trying to be more physical too. Um, uh, but he doesn't have the nastiness of a Cam Neely. He's not a guy who's going to drop the gloves, grab you, uh, and, and throw you around, you know. Uh, he, he, he's a guy that's just going to play harder and play big and play heavy, uh, but, you know, he has to learn how to play within, you know, taking a little bit more physical, uh, you know, Chara did it to him for years at, at the beginning. You know, he's, you know, this is something that a goal scorer like that in the National Hockey League now has to put up with because you, you don't have the sheriff anymore on your team all the time that goes out and straightens all that up. You know that's not around anymore.
1: And he took a a really healthy shot from Jamie Benn in the ribs. And the other book on him too is he won't come back at you, Gary. We played the game long enough where we had a pretty good list of the guys. If we were going to give him a shot, we knew the ones that were going to come back at us, didn't we?
4: Oh yeah. You
5: you better before you kick the dog. You better be, you better know that it, which ones bite.
2: Yeah, that is a very real thing, and I think something we've talked about on this show several times, and one of the people we've talked about is Michael Bunting and how he kind of is forced into this role to play it, to chase guys that hit Matthews, and it's not natural to him. It looks like they're going away from it entirely. It looks like Kerfoot is going to be in the top six now, uh, Bunting on his way out. What are your thoughts on Bunting's play so far and his role with this team in the years ahead? I think,
5: I think Michael Bunting did a fabulous job of finding chemistry with Matthews and Marner. And you know what? It may sound easy. You say, well, you just put a hockey stick in his hand, stick him on the line, and he'll score 30 goals. I mean, they used to say that with Mario, you know, Wendell Young, guys like that. Just throw him on the line. You could put Semenko with like Gretzky and Curry. He's going to get 20. Just keep your stick on the ice and drive to the net. I don't, I mean, I, come on. I guess, like, you got to give him a lot of credit. He found a way to find chemistry with two superstar players, which is not easy to do. A lot of guys come and go over the years to try to fit on the lines with really star players. They're hard to play with sometimes, you know. They, they need to have the puck on their stick a lot. You know, you have to be a guy that doesn't have the puck on your stick a lot, but you better be in the right place at the right time. And he found a way to do that, and I, I think he had a fabulous year. He was up for rookie of the year. What more can you say? I think, I, I think he deserves to have a spot somewhere there, and an opportunity to continue to prove himself. You know, but if it's not on that line or they don't feel he's productive enough on that line, and it gets changed around, uh, you know, wherever he goes, I think wherever he goes, he'll be a hard-working guy on whatever line he goes on to. Uh, you know, and guys like that, you know, you know, I think they're they're a commodity. You need guys like that.
1: Here's the biggest problem. One more for you, uh, gals, before we let you go is, in, and it's on bunting. And I, I I believe in that theory that. uh For some young kids playing defense, you don't really learn your craft to, what, uh, 200 games, Gary, 250? Oh, yeah, for sure. Michael Bunting came with 50 NHL career games, and he's not much more than 100. Maybe he's still kind of figuring it out here. Mm -hmm. Why are we putting so much pressure on this kid to be the number one left winger with Tavares and Marner is beyond me.
5: Yeah, I, I I I don't know. That's what I was just thinking when you asked me the question, because I think everybody needs reps. Everybody requires reps to learn and get better. Um, you know, your first year is always uh, always seems to be your better year. Your second one always seems to have a bit of a because people know you. They know him now. They know that he tries to draw penalties. They know uh, that, you know he's going to play with a bit of edge. They know when you go into corners. I think the people just know more about him, so they play him a little bit differently. So your second year you kind of got to get through it. And then hopefully in the third and fourth year, uh, you're coming right back at it. I, I think, I really believe he will be there and, uh, you know, and if the Leafs don't find a purpose with them, I think there'll be a lot of other teams that will. So uh, I, I think he'll be just fine, but, but yeah, I, I don't know why so much. And again, it goes right back to the start of our conversation about expectations and, you know, people, people load up a ton of ex- expectations on him after one year. And then the second year comes in and, You know, uh, I can name you a dozen players that had great first years and second years, just really struggled. And and, and then it depends on how the coach and the management and the team handle it. If they don't handle it really well, that player could be bruised up for another year or two after that trying to find himself. You know, confidence and how you feel about yourself, you know, when you have it, it's great. But when you lose it, it's not as easy to get back. And and everybody loses their confidence. I mean, uh, no one is... No one uh, goes along life and just, and just stays confident their whole life. There are things that happen, and uh, and I think he'll figure it out. he's got a, he, he's, he's a tough kid, and I think he's going to figure it all out. and you know for Toronto right now, I think they just they're not firing on all cylinders. Um, I think eventually you know they'll find their way and their swagger, and everything will fall into place. Now, what happens in playoff time guys? we've got to wait you know eighty you know, 75 more games to figure all that out. But uh, I'll tell you right now, there are four teams in the east that are out of the playoffs, uh, that could be out of the playoffs by U.S. Thanksgiving, that I thought were definitely going to be in the playoffs. And there are four or five teams in the West <laughs> that yeah. I thought that. So there, there is some wacky stuff going there on out there. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to watch.
1: Hey, gals, thanks for doing this, man. So appreciated.
5: Hey, always a pleasure, you guys. Take thanks care. So enjoy the games. Gary okay, Galley,
1: former National Hockey Leaguer, Hockey Night in Canada broadcaster. I, I really like listening to his calls. Yeah. No, he's That's awesome. He's just a. Uh, he's, a hockey he's player. A, he is a hockey player. He's a common sense hockey player. You know, he understands uh, risk, reward, percentages. Yeah. Great call.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh, new look lines. I know. I was going to say. I can bring him up to you quickly here before we get the break. All right. Shuffle the deck. Top line of Kerfoot Matthews Marner. Like it. Robertson Tavares Nylander. Good. Stays the same. Bunting Yarncrock. Malgan, third line. Aston <laughs> I, Reese. I like it, I think. Aston Reese, Camp Engval. Amazing fourth line. fourth line. I mean. Amazing. amazing
2: a bit much. Good good fourth line. Really so, good. To me, third really East. good fourth that, line. That, <laughs> really. One of the league's five best.
3: <laughs> that third, not <laughs> even joking. Okay. That All third right. line looks like they've been listening to us talk about how there's zero creativity in the bottom half of the lineup.
1: Bunting, Yarnkroc, Malgan is. I don't mind bunting. the, the, the honestly. From day one, yeah. this is where I've had Bunting uh, right there. Perfect. Bunting Yarncroc
2: is a great start. Let
1: him stir it up great for those start. guys. Bunting can take Yarncroc and maybe draw him into a, a, yeah. a kerfuffle. Oh, sure. Right? Maybe. Get his nose and, and you know dirty a little bit. Plays. you makes plays.
2: He can get Yarncroc if he looks. And he can go
1: to the net, make plays. Mulgan's there too. He solved everything.
2: That's a
3: Mulgan thing. Did, it's got to go. Did Kerfoot earn this, or is it just... That's the default guy. No. Default guy. A hundred percent. Agree.
1: They love it's The Kerfoot. same way I ended
2: up with this job. I don't mind. At some point, I, there's just no one else to do it.
3: I, I don't <laughs> mind i do not mind a huge
1: him. Kerfoot fan. I don't fan. mind him. Oh, I like him. I think he's a terrific guy that can help you make the playoffs. Yeah.
2: He's a Band-Aid player. Put him anywhere. It makes you better. And yeah, I understand your point about playoffs. And
3: he's a guy, come. to me, on that top line, that is a much better passer than
1: Bunting is. He's a guy I like the way he not passed the puck. there for me. I like the way he passed the puck. I just think that when you're taking a healthy run at Matthews again, mm. I'm not really happy about Kerfoot coming in so, to help me out. Well, bunting was no different.
2: Protectionism is yeah. not doing you
1: any favors. You
3: think any guys not taking a run because Bunting's on the ice?
1: Yeah, just bring me Bunting. Bunting and- can fake it way better than Kerfoot. Oh yeah, 100% well, No he doubt. Can. Yeah. He's the king. Hold me hell.
3: back. Hold me back.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Scott Hartnell, another former National Hockey League, over 1,200 games, NHL Network analyst, and most important over the past 24 hours, played for Barry Trotz. <laughs> you know where this is going, don't you?
3: I guess Sammy, I do.
1: why did you line up Scott Hartnell today for us?
3: Well, because I thought that maybe... Someone someone had mentioned Barry Trotz yesterday. I don't know oh, who, Barry but... Barry Trotz mentioned oh, Barry so, Trotz. So,
1: someone... <laughs> That's who mentioned it. <laughs> so,
3: I thought it'd be a good idea just to get somebody who's played a lot of games for him. See what he's like, like. Yeah. Okay. Interesting conversation, I thought. You okay. guys like it? Yes, oh, I do. Listen. I do. Right? I
1: do. I'm into um, it. I can't... I don't even want to go to commercial break. Let's just bring him on now. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Okay, we have to. Pay some bills. Yes. Okay, Real Kipper and Born coming up after the break. Scott Hartnell talking a little Trotz.
4: dive deep
0: into toronto sports and the nfl the jd bunkus podcast subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts cjcl toronto this is real kipper and Board on sportsnet 590 the van
1: Our show doesn't suck as bad as I thought it was at no, the start of the show. It's surprisingly decent.
2: Not bad. <laughs> low expect You know Gally Galley talked to a low expectations. According to us. We doesn't s- suck. We set the the bar low. <laughs> We're doing all right. You know pretty, how I know.
3: Pretty 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 good.
1: <laughs> I'll take that review. Thank you. And Larry. I know it's gonna get a lot better here with our next guest. Oh yeah. Scott Hartnell, one of the best character guys you'll ever find in the last what? Uh 100 years?
0: (laughs) What an introduction. Thanks, guys.
1: How are we? We're good. How are you? Where are you these days, Um, NHL Network? What do you got going?
0: Yeah, a little NHL Network, uh, some pre-intermissions and posts for the the high-flying flyers uh, in Philadelphia and um, want to start there, there off to with John Tortorella, and uh, yeah, so doing a, a bunch of those games uh, as well. So, well, yeah, life is
1: good. We're going to get to the Tortorella factor in Philly for sure, but um, I think you're aware that uh, in this market, you know how crazy it can get in Toronto. Uh, a certain individual yesterday, uh, who happened to be the third winningest coach in NHL history, if I'm not mistaken, sounds right. Uh, had mentioned that he might be intrigued to coach one day in Canada on an original six team. Now, last time I checked, (laughs) we had like 60 teams in the league, but only two original six teams in Canada. So I started eliminating uh, a few real quick here, Scott. Um, Just your initial thoughts when you first heard Barry Trotz drop this one.
0: Well, he's, he's, you know, one of the best coaches and one of the most winningest coaches in, in the NHL history for a reason, right? He's uh, He gets things done, uh, you know, in Nashville. Uh, my early years in 2000 there, um, you know, there's no salary cut, but we didn't spend any money on, on players. But uh, we were competitive. We were, you know, a very well-coached team. Systems were uh, implemented. You had to play the right way. Um, you know, not only is he a, a great coach, but he's a great human being too, right? And and you get I think more from from players when uh, you know your head coach cares about you and your your girlfriend, spouse, family, things like that, right? So it's uh, it's it's the whole package with with Trotsy, and it's not just a, a one dimensional, you know, play hard and and do this, we'll be fine. It's uh, uh, he just cares so much about you know everything involved in in the hockey world, which is which is hard to find.
2: The one criticism I've heard of this suggestion about his fit in Toronto would be that he is defensive-focused, you know, and that this team is not actually that bad defensively. Um, what are your thoughts on the way he coaches? Is it really dictated to or sort of driven just towards the defensive side of things?
0: Well, it's, uh, sorry, uh, it's, yeah, he's defensive-minded, but look what he did in uh in washington right a team that loved to score goals and and you know he kind of dialed those guys in he held uh you know one of the best players uh ever uh alex obeshkin uh to a higher standard uh, a higher uh level of play not only offensively obviously you let him do his things but you know you got to back check hard and you know i think that was one of the reasons why you know uh the washington capitals want a stanley cup there it was fun and dandy when you're you know, leading the scoring race and putting all these goals and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you actually want to win and realize that's what it's all about, you know, <laughs> that turned that team around and, you know, obviously was very shocked that he never got rehired uh, after they won. But, uh, you know, in in Toronto, I think it would be a great case of, you know, I'm not saying uh, Keith has, has done a terrible job, but if it does happen, it's, it's a good guy to get in there, obviously.
1: So, yeah, and... We've all been around the game long enough to figure out that uh, when the team is in a win now mode, like the Leafs, and they might feel that maybe in a week, two weeks, a month from now, I don't know when, but they don't have the right guy to push the right buttons to to get this team over the top. You go to someone who can. And, you know, is that... Is that what uh, barry would do would he would he make them more accountable would he would he be that harder nosed type of coach than maybe the perception that Sheldon has right now for this team
0: uh well yeah you know i i you know Sheldon I'm sure he uh is a great guy and, and you know a great everything right he's gotten some a lot of points in these guys the regular season it's it's just you know come crunch time when you want it. Want the most, they've fallen short, uh, you know, miserably, Uh, you know, the past, you know, six, eight years, whatever it's been, right? So, um, you know, Trotty's got a a proven track record of, of, you know, taking a team that doesn't have much and taking them as far as he can get them. And he's taken great teams and and, uh, a great team and pushed them over the edge. So it's, uh, you know, uh, would he be a great candidate? Hands down, he would, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, roast anybody here uh, either. So,
1: well, we don't listen. I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> I, I, I hate these conversations when a guy has a job. And, but in in all honesty, w- we didn't start this. I mean, Barry started this. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I. Uh, yeah, I, I. I didn't hear until uh, you know. Obviously, I kind of did a little research on uh, uh, before the call. But yeah, it's uh, crazy stuff, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you've been in enough rooms to see the effect a coach can have on a locker room, and I I wonder what your thoughts are on how far a coach can change the successes of a roster. You know, like, I'm of the belief if you put the best coach in the world in whoever, Arizona's locker room this year, what are they going to be, three wins better? Like, how many wins or losses can a coach swing uh, an average roster?
0: Uh, well, definitely there's going to be more W's in the, in the W column and that's what it's all about. Right. And and it's about getting the the most out of your players at at the right time. You know, it's fun and dandy, uh, you know, winning games now, obviously you need to win games now to, to get into the playoffs, but to, to ramp up a team, to get them all psyched up. And, you know, it's, you know, there's not much psyching up needs uh, to be from the coach when come playoff time, you know, you've been there and done that. If you don't, you're not a, a true hockey player. Right. But um, you know to push the right buttons to find the right uh, line combinations to you know uh you know sit a guy that shouldn 't be you know sad probably and uh 'cause you need more from him uh you know at those times so it's it's uh you know Trotsky's just got a good way of handling uh a dressing room handling uh, you know an organization and you know he 's you know like i said he 's been coaching for what 30 years maybe <laughs> something like that so it's it's pretty incredible to last this long and and be that good and uh, on a number of different teams trotty has
1: all right from trotty to torty how's that <laughs> for a segue natural <laughs> very natural so is is torts the right guy at the right time for philly isn't he a little too soon because they're not really close to winning here um uh, I mean, I mean, is this simply uh, a flyer team on their best behavior with a hard ass?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, I, you know, I talked to uh, management this summer and, you know, they obviously asked me about Tortorella and, and, uh, you know, in Columbus I had him when we were, we started 0 and 8 and, and Todd Richards got let go and, and, you know, Torrance came in and, you know, it was, it was an immediate, you know, wow factor. You hear all the stories about him being a, a hard ass and, um, you know, making people's lives miserable and you know not making it fun at the rink. Yeah, it, it was still fun to to the rink, but you didn't know. Uh, uh, you just had to be on guard, right? Uh, on point when he's uh, in in the locker room. You know, kind of changing the culture of a team. Columbus was uh, a losing team since its existence in in two thousand, right, and, and or ninety eight, whatever it was. And uh, you know, he came in, and, and it was literally the day that he walked in that room, it was a change of mindset for us and, and the players and, and it's not just them, it's the the trainers and the medical guys and the, the management and, and, you know, kind of changing everyone's attitude. Right. And, and so he came in and it was, you know, right off the bat, it was okay. This is, you know, I can see us winning some games or playing the right way blocking shots. Everyone's buying in and, you know, yeah, he's, you know, scratched like, you know, Pierre, Pierre lived Bois, a couple years ago, and, and, uh, you know, he got uh, Ryan Johansson traded right off the bat, but, you know, he believed that, you know, he could win, um, you know, without those guys and getting some good guys uh, in return and and just kind of what he's done. I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's just, uh, Mm. uh, you know, I kind of thought for me, uh, personally, I I was never held accountable for, you know, a stupid penalty or a bad back check or a long shift, and, and right off the bat, it was, you know, one of my first healthy scratches. You know, after after a bad penalty late in the game, they scored and won. And I was like, "Geez, I wish I would have had that at, at 22 years old."
2: Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. I wouldn't have taken uh, all these stupid penalties <laughs> throughout my whole prime of my career, right? And, and uh, you know, I look at Nashville's roster, or sorry, uh, Philadelphia's roster, and, and the amount of uh, impressionable guys, young guys they have on this team, and and some talent, right? And and he's gonna turn those guys into to work horses and, and uh getting the most out of them but you know teaching them how to be a pro, a proper pro where you come to work every day, it's it's a business, yeah, you have your fun away from the rink, but when you're there you're you're giving it your all and, and there's no screwing around and, and you know, he's made that clear last game when he didn't like uh, connect me and, and Kevin Hayes' game, right? And you know, those are the leading scorers playing unbelievable in the first five games, and you know, one bad period, and, and you know, they sit down for 20 minutes, and and they, he's going to see how they react, how the whole team reacts, and and he's going to you know see if they're you know true team guys and true uh, uh, believers and what uh, what he's got going there. So it's it's all it's all about tests. It's I wouldn't say it's buying games, but he's, he's you know trying to get everyone kind of on board. Well,
2: oh, he's a big personality and and that's actually something i wanted to ask you about was the idea of personality as a player one one of the criticisms to bring it back to this leafs team here is that you know in the bottom of the order they don't really have guys that go at you that drag teammates into the fight you know i think of your game and the way you played big personality guy john at the opposition um You know, I think some of that is a conscious decision and maybe you can tell me it's not and that's just the way you were as a person or whatever. But when you look at this Leafs team, do you think that you can have success if you don't have that? If you don't have the guys that kind of drag you into it, whether you want to be there or not?
1: Can you give Engvall a call? Yeah. That's
2: That's what what he wants to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, he's he's a big body with all the skill in the world, right? But, you know, there's a lot of of players in this NHL uh, league that kind of sleep their way through... uh, Uh, career kind of a half-assed career right where it could have been a totally different uh you know different situations and all that right and uh you know the guy i think the you know in in the uh, maple leafs team you know wayne simmons he's you know just a great guy but drags guys in the fight right you know i played with him i you know sat beside him in the locker room and you know he would you know die for the guy beside him right you know or fight anyone uh you know for for his teammates and uh, you know, to have him around in that locker room, I, I think it's nothing but a great thing. You know, I don't know, things have it's uh, maybe slowed down for Simmer uh, a little bit, but you know, at the same time, you can't uh, can't take away just a great kid uh, all around that, that would do anything for you. But yeah, you you, you need some personality, you need some uh, um, uh, jam, if you will, uh, in a locker room to to get the boys going for sure.
1: Is is it, is it just something that you're born with, or can you? coax a guy into that type of i don't know play
0: i see. yeah i think you're born with it i i loved uh, you know i was kind of it's a class clown and uh you know always chirping my you know i got older brothers that i got you know beat up as a kid (laughs) and so i had to (laughs) you know you know skip my five words in and get the hell out of the room up the stairs and and call for mom right before they absolutely tuned me in so you know i think i was kind of witty from the get-go and and uh you know i think that's that's kind of made uh made me attractive as a player too right you know a guy that would uh you know you know do something to get everyone involved whether that be a stupid penalty or a big hit or uh, a fight or a chirp on the bench right so uh you can't i don't think you can uh give, give those kind of qualities and just you know one day just wake up with it right
1: and and attractive as a broadcaster (laughs) you're a great great uh head for a radio guy that's for sure Ah, i appreciate that man hey thanks for doing this scott all right guys
2: thank you
0: and uh, have a good uh a good rest of your show
1: all right thanks man appreciate it scott hartnell he was probably uh He's the guy Matthew, the Leafs need the most. He, he's not as gifted offensively as Matthew Kachuk, but he had that. Still really, really good. Right? Yeah. He had that, uh, oh, my God. Tipping
2: pucks, falling on the goalie like, the, in the crease, dragging just not a, people around. just not
1: a shift that goes by. He's an all-star. That you don't or didn't notice him. Well, there's just games. He didn't let his team
2: sleep through nights, you know, and that's something that the Leafs could use an element to that, of a guy. It's like if Bunting were 20 pounds heavier or something.
3: He has the, well, the all-time mic up moments
1: with enough one with
3: FNUF and but the one before that it was wasn't even, it?
1: Suck it, enough.: it was, yeah, <laughs> when well, he went by the bench,
3: yeah. But, but the one before that was even funnier. They put him on a line with the Sedines in the all star game, and he like tapped in a sick tic tac toe all star game Sedine pass, yeah. and he's like, Oh, the triplets! I love that clip, I love that clip, it's really good. I loved Hartnell as a what? player. Was,
1: I always look uh, the type of guy I want on the Leafs. It's interesting listening to talk about some guys going um, half-assed careers. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I they mean, just get by. Yeah, you go make your millions, you go home, and you go, "I oh, was pretty good, I didn't get hurt. I, I mean, he was probably talking a little bit about Here Angval right now wouldn't he? Well, just enough to get by.
2: Yeah, we were talking about Angval, and you know, I'm not saying Hartnell didn't say that about Angval, but he said it about. No, we don't want to put words in his mouth, but we are like pointing
1: it into a general discussion.
2: Yeah, I I think that's a frustration with Angval. You know, I've heard people around the team call him more timid than they would like. You know, and he's just not naturally inclined to want. I don't know. Want to get into it? Remember last year in playoffs, him and Hagel. He haggles all on his face, and Hangval just like not. And Nick Paul laughed at. Him. That's right, Nick Paul's like you wouldn't even go, you wouldn't even go haggle. So,
1: I, I saw a little bit of Mikhaev have just a, a tad more of a of a streak in him right at the end.
2: Yeah, as a player, but still yes. not after the whistle or no, anything like but that. But yeah,
1: if somebody had worked with him the moment he came up. And and I think you could. Angval or Mikheyev? Mikheyev. Yeah. And even Angval. Like, I I'd, I'd put him in front of the mirror every day, and I'm saying, you need to spend five minutes staring at yourself. That's a great five minutes. He's, every, 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 <laughs> he's every, like, every, I, every I have day, to do less
2: than I already do? Every <laughs> day,
1: so you can realize how big you are. Just have, hold a cardboard cutout of an average size yes, human. Exactly. <laughs> and just stare at it every day so you realize that you have something few guys in the league have. Some people and think that that's is a curse. size.
2: I played with a guy who was 6'4, 2, whatever, and he hated that coaches were always like, you know, you got to be tougher, you got to fight, you got to do this. And he's like, I don't, you know, why don't I get to be the guy who just is
1: 5'10 and scores? You can be. You know, the you just guy to play offense. Who scores like the five ten, but do it at six four.
2: Yeah, they just don't, they don't want to. You can, to heart No, soul, you can you can't make them want to.
1: You can, you can groom them. I'm telling you right now, That's if you, where you these just, days. if you if you have some decent communication skills, and you just you make them realize where they could go. And I'm not saying that you got to turn them into killers. Put, put them in a box and but poke the barrel. All you do have to. Work with these guys. Yeah. And the one thing that you cannot teach is big.
2: Cannot paint stripes on a pussycat. Can't do it. I, don't uh,
1: do it. I think they could squeeze more out of that guy. Well, they and, try. And, 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 what, and, what kills and, them in the media? They're they always help. The zombie. problem is, is they're, 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 they're not a big team. I'm watching right. Dallas. Big. I'm watching Vegas. Big. They know they're not big. They're not trying to be big. They don't want to be big. Well, then you get run over.
3: They I'm do. sorry,
1: but five uh, eleven <laughs> on the blue line ain't cutting it for me. Brody, he's big. Morgan, real big. Mete. It's funny. They you know- don't. They don't look big. They don't play
2: big. Yeah. It is interesting, and this is not. I'm not necessarily all in your camp in this, but. It is funny that I have a tweet. You know, I mentioned time hop yesterday from four year, three years ago that came up that said it's is Matthews fourth year, and I can't remember ever seeing him get mad at an opposing player. Like I can't play rec league a few games without being like, "Hey man, like,
3: you he know, got mad." F you. He, he cross checked a guy in the throat. Darlene,
2: okay, there's he one. He was mad then. But how often? Like, is that? Oh. S- in seven we, years? We
1: thought that was a turning point. Well, maybe it is. No, no. not based on what I've seen this year. But so who ran on, him? I wasn't at ran him point. at home behind the the goal line? Uh, when it was it against Dallas? Was that when Bunting Pop? went after him? After? No. Uh, gosh, it was on Washington, wasn't it? It's was pretty yes. early. Yes, Nick Dowd. Yeah. And just say, hey, don't take a run at me, His instinct man. was to look at the official and go, "It's not a penalty." And it's like no, the first instinct should get up and go tell Nick but Dowd that. Further I'm to my point, Nick, they knock they, your teeth out if you.
2: T.J. Brody ever been mad? You ever seen him mad? No. You ever seen Pierre mad? No. You ever seen Justin Hall no. mad? Yeah, Hall once in a while. Hall, no, no. Um, no. But go to the list. You just. It's crazy to play uh, yes. hockey.
1: Yes, I've seen it's him twice. It's crazy
2: to play hockey. Like, when you play rec hockey, like you play McKee, mm-hmm. how often you end up just jawing
1: at someone like, well, hey, buddy? Can I tell you something like, more uh, than e- I'd e- like to admit? Yes. Easy with your stick, pal. Yeah, like, We hey, all got to get up and go to work in like, the morning, grab guy, Like, hey, yeah. you're ah, a lawyer. Ah, Maybe don't hell, hell,
2: me in the I'm not going to take this anymore. It is funny that they just don't organically in life as humans get mad at people once in a while. Jamie Ben,
1: I, I don't think you're going to fight character. Jamie Ben. It's weird. But when it is weird now wait, you mention it. They have weird. a lot of non madby When you get cross-checked in the ribs, just go slash him back. Yeah, hey, look in the him. eye and say, it'll, how about you don't go, do that? Go spear him. It'll be the best two-game suspension you'll ever have. The coaches have <laughs> a throw confetti. You.
2: They will love to kill off the penalty for that. Go for it. Stick up for forget, yourself.
1: Forget anything else except the message that sent to everybody. But you know what? You're I couldn't do it. not getting free shots in me.
2: I, as much as I love the idea of what he did to Darlene, like my junior coach used to say it to me, go ahead and cross-check someone in the teeth who takes a run at you and we'll, we'll kill the penalty. any
1: sticks in here. I can't do it. I'm going to teach you how to spear. Do we have <laughs> okay. a hockey stick in here? No. no I, go get the, I can go get the we putter if you want. We hold on. No. There's only one other
2: person in here. I don't like the idea of
1: education <laughs> and spearing. I go get the putter. <laughs> yeah, it could work. Yeah. It could work. But just, it's just not natural. For them. And I don't care what era we're in here. This game is still built on the same rules and regulations for like a hundred years. There is just a built in uh, animosity right? that so you can't avoid.
2: Mad? Who gets mad on the Leafs? Who have you seen get mad? I honestly want a couple of names. Who do you see get mad on the Leafs? Fun thing. Does uh, he really, though? Yeah. Okay. Tucker. <laughs> No,
1: sometimes John Tavares gets (laughs) upset. I'm going back a little bit here because I have no choice. Who?
2: Name a guy who gets sometimes upset. Like in the grand
1: scheme of things. Wayne Simmons the last two years. Yeah, Wayne Simmons. And obviously Clifford. And he'll get in your face and he'll play the role. He'll play the part.
2: Yeah, Muzzin was suggested there by Derek. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Never really. He'd hit guys,
3: but I don't know.
1: It's weird. Uh, it seems like it's a conscious Kerfoot, thing. Not Kerfoot, not Yarncroc, not Engval, not Aston Reese, not Malgin, not Camp. Kubel, um, go through the D. Uh, I'm going to start naming trainers soon. Just Bobby. Sometimes hey, I thanks.
2: just get mad. I get mad at Kip and we do a radio
1: show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is feel weird. Better. Now that
3: we're talking this out, <laughs> it is a little weird. They're so nice. They're the nicest team in the league. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I feel I like I don't think they're not tough. I think they're nice. I just say hate having this conversation because it makes it feel like we're just harping on it. But it is weird. It is a weird, weird thing that there's just no Mad Men. The Mad Men. <laughs> the lack of Mad Men. All right, but, who's the maddest team in the league? I don't even know.
1: I love that. I'd love to. Okay, see give it. us. Well, we're gonna take a break. The we got Andrew team. Peters. He's Maybe gonna, he knows. He's gonna help us. You know who's got nice attitude right now? Big, heavy. Buffalo,
2: they're they're feeling good. They're feeling good about themselves outside
1: of getting shelled by Seattle last night. They've week, got 20. a strut already on them. That, uh yeah, I'm liking them. All right, and I'm crediting a, a Josh Allen for all of it. <laughs> Once again, player he's of the such week, a great Josh athlete. Allen. Yeah, go Jets. That go. he's actually helping the Buffalo Bills all right. win. All right. Okay, Andrew Peters, after the break, former NHLer. Got a brand new show called Player Cast on Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Have you watched it? Yes. It's great. Good. We'll mm-hmm. ask him about that. And a lot more in the Atlantic Division, including the Buffalo Sabres. That and more after the break. You're listening and watching on YouTube, Real Kipper and Born.
0: Everything Raptors, before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Real Kipper
0: and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.
1: So, what was it? Uh, Austin got... Uh, he took a two-game suspension, didn't he, in the outdoor yeah, game?
3: sure did. Yeah, cross-checking
1: the mouth. Yeah. Oh, bam. So he's got it
2: in him once. Yeah. There you go. I know. It's there. It's there with
1: him most of all. He's going to find and that towards we, we the end do of his career, I promise. And we do have to acknowledge Morgan Riley jumping in off of uh, Riley, the hit on yeah. Robertson Saturday night. So he'll get mad. We'll give a little credit there, too, as well. Sure. And All right. It's a short list. It's a short uh, We'd like Basically a longer list. Flyers. That's right. Right. We'd like a little bit of a longer. All right. Let's welcome in our next guest, Andrew Peters, former NHLer, now on the Player Cast on Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Petey, how's it going, buddy?
4: You guys are late.
1: Are we late? <laughs> it's You're Sammy's minutes fault. Late. It's Sammy's fault. So you guys we... late going to break? It's my fault. I said it was gonna. we we're, were gonna have a bad show. we jinxed ourselves out of the gates totally jinxed ourselves how's it going guys we're okay how about you you're a busy guy these days yeah you know what busy's good we're doing like you mentioned we're doing the sports cast on
4: on uh or the player cast for Sportsnet on on saturday nights for the west coast games awesome it's been it's been a lot of fun riv and i have done uh we've done two and then I'm with PJ Stock this weekend. We're doing a game and we're working on a guest. So I don't want to spoil the guest in case he bails on us. You know what I mean?
1: But or he falls asleep.
4: On. Battle of Alberta.
1: That is really cool. And,
4: uh, like cast type thing.
1: and overall, um, you know, your assessment, I know you're near and dear to the Buffalo Sabres and, uh, I've, I've, get, I've, I've done nothing but give them love uh to start this season truly
4: well good great start up until last night right i mean i don't know if you guys were able to catch any of that game i stayed up for the whole game i don't know why (laughs)
1: because you're a west coast guy now
4: yeah yeah I, i am a west coast guy right so you know but it's i just i stayed up to watch the game and i'm just thinking oh my god You know, you could, I mean, who, no one expected them to beat Edmonton. No one expected them to beat Calgary. Uh, Vancouver's as fragile as they can get right now or as they can be with uh, Boudreaux behind the bench there. And um, so, I mean, I expected the Sabres to go two and two on this trip. And then they they end up going three and one. I have to imagine, Kipper, that. There was a little partying done after. Now I don't know anything. I know nothing, but I just i i know the league and I know the road trips and yeah. I know the gaps and in, in between uh, games and I might have been a, a rookie. Saying,
1: might have been a rookie dinner somewhere in the vicinity. Not
4: a bad place to do your rookie dinner. You know, you got Saturday night in Vancouver after yeah. the game. You guys maybe fly out to Seattle, do dinner in Seattle Sunday night, practice Monday, play Tuesday, come home. That's a yeah. It's the most ideal thing I could think of. And but then,
1: you anyway, know, anyway, I think that's what you, you,
4: happened last night.
1: You read a little bit of your clippings, you have a rookie dinner and then you lose 5-1, right?
4: <laughs> it's always reading the clippings, eh? Resting on the laurels. <laughs> God, I used to love reading the articles. And I and you know what, here's the other thing. Any player that tells you they don't read the articles, they're lying. <laughs> they say I don't read. Hey, Kipper, how many of these guys in the league that say they don't have Twitter, actually have Twitter.
1: Oh, my gosh. The guys that I played with, it's like, uh, I don't read the newspapers, and it's like, they can't go to the John without the Toronto Sun, you know? <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But anyway, the Sabres, <laughs> man, I, I, I just, I don't know. Uh, t- like, I think that's what happened. I think, you know, a little bit of fun, which is totally excusable, right? Like, you know what we're doing here? I just cut, I just cut sound for our podcast because all the fans here in Buffalo are um, – they want to just absolutely shred Casey Middlestad right now because he, he didn't, he didn't skate out of the zone hard enough. And the Sabres go in and they score to make it four, two would have been Jack Quinn's first of the year. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's called offside and he was coming out of the zone kind of, you know, lazily or tired, if you want to call it that. And people just wanted him benched. And I don't know. I think it's a little soon for all that, but nobody on the team was playing well. So,
1: you know, anyway. So, listen, a, a big theme of our show in the last uh, hour and a half has been uh, the New York Yankees and some of the players saying that the, the scrutiny is so so large there, it's it's not fun to be around. So, clearly, the pressure of being in Buffalo is there.
4: There's no pressure.
1: There's no pressure. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Know. But it's funny yeah, that you I, mentioned I, that yeah. about Ka- uh, Casey Middlestat.
4: Well, I mean it's not even so much the media as much as it is just like social people media. On social media, yeah, it's it's you know, I got to tell you man, it's like I, I, everyone being having the, the ability to have a a voice and an opinion. That's a dangerous thing for this world. But it, it as it pertains to sports, I look at it and I just think man like I like i couldn't even imagine what it would be like in your dad's era if they had social media my god you know yeah. like uh it's but it's what it is it's just people on social media that that are are disappointed in in how their star players play right so i don't know
2: yeah no there's some <clears throat> there's some luxury in not knowing what everyone on earth thinks i'll tell you that much um how sustainable is this Sabre start here? Like looking at it right now, you know, they're, they're four and two, sixty seven winning percentage. Is this a team you think that's going to make the playoffs contend for playoffs? Is it, they, they look like the real deal from where we sit. What have you seen?
4: Well, they're fast, man. They are fast and they stretch out the rank and you know, they have a lot of skill and I think, I think if I'm if I'm if I'm an opposing team and I'm thinking about how to go in and play the Sabers, it's it's I want to play them hard and physical. They're not the most physical team, but they have a lot of speed. So I mean, their speed and skill might might uh, might be able to to with, withstand that kind of game. But are they going to make the playoffs? This is going to be a real test for them. They have three games here in the next five or six days, coming off this road trip, and then they have a really tough November. So. You know, like, I, I think it was Elliot Friedman that has the deadline of American Thanksgiving as being a, a cutoff date for, for whether or not teams are, are really looking like they can get in or not. So that's going to be the telltale, the end of November. The month of November is huge for every team. And, you know, I just, I, I look at their schedule and I, I think they've got some games coming up against teams that are very winnable. But, who, like, who would have thought Chicago would be four and two? You know like Montreal, who knows what they really are they're their Arizona uh, you know, pounded Columbus the other day, they beat the lease. So I mean there are no easy games in this league anymore, so it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think making the playoffs this year in the East, especially guys, I don't know how you feel, is going to be extremely difficult, even for the good teams because I think you look at teams are are a lot better. Ottawa's better, Detroit's better, um, you know Buffalo's better. So there's three teams right there that are are looking to maybe surprise some some other teams. And where do these other teams fit and fall in? The Leafs, Tampa Bay, they're you know they're on the outside looking in. I know it's early, but I mean who knows how good these other teams have gotten over over the last uh, six eight months. See, I,
1: uh, we just had a dis- discussion on uh, big in the NHL and how important is it anymore. I, I look at Buffalo and I'm watching uh, Alex Tuck and tage uh thompson thompson's skating around like he's Mario lemieux the other night in, in vancouver and i'm like yeah big and strong still works in this league
4: yo know, i i think it does i think more so now than ever i don't even think you have to be tough i think you just have to be big and strong because no one fights anymore um it's 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 really a uh I mean, the, I, even in the last four years, I feel like the game has changed so drastically. Less hitting, um, you know, a lot more stretching out, a lot more speed and skating, and I, I guess that's where everyone wanted the game to go, and and we're there. Like, look at the scores, but big and strong. Look at Nakushkin. Look, uh, Nakushkin in uh, yep. in Colorado leading the league four. Yeah. Look at the Robertson kid from Dallas, like all these big guys. I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I just, you don't have to be, it's not about in, intimidation as much as it is just using, you know, your, your brute size, strength, and force. And that's why I think Tate Thompson will maybe continue to be, you know, a, a, a really good players. I think his size plays a huge role in it, a huge role in it. Tuck same thing as you mentioned. So, Man, I like I like the big players, man. Look who's, who's the the six eight guy from Detroit that's getting all this press.
1: Wait, you know, t- I mean, wait, wait till he figures out how big and strong he can be. He's oh, like a puppy.
4: Oh, oh, unbelievable! There's still one player that comes to mind though that I think about that still is the only player I think that could have ever played in every generation and dominated and that's mary lemieux i mean when you talk about big and strong now and i mean that's the one guy that i think you could take from you put him in the 60s and he'll dominate 70s 80s well he dominated the 80s he dominated the 90s you know you put him in today's game and he's he might even have more points oh my you know gosh. so
2: yeah
4: could you imagine Could you imagine one player that you could take from back then and put in today's game? It would absolutely be him.
2: I can't believe you you talked about all these big, tough players and you didn't mention Toronto Maple Leaf legend, Ilya Labushkin throwing the hammers around in Buffalo this year. What what are your impressions of that guy this season?
4: I can't believe the Leafs let him go. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? I, I watch, I watch so much of the Leafs. Okay. Like, I, I love watching the Leafs, and I just, I watch them, and I think, how did, he wanted two, what did Sabres sign him for two years, two and a half million? Yeah, right around there. Oh, why did they let this guy go? That could be one of the best signings the Sabres have made in the last 10 years when it comes to free agency.
1: Sammy, are like, you okay? Are you yeah, okay? I'm fine. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you just killed our producer with that comment.
4: Oh, Well, listen, and and I, you know, like the Leafs never should have let Mikhaev go. You know, like there's another guy. I mean, I would have, I would have moved Nylander just to have the cap space for Labushkin and Mikhaev, and you might have even had a little bit of money left over for another. I don't even know what six, that's six, seven million. But no, it's two players right there for the price of one. And uh, that's, I would have done that. I love Nylander. I just think. You need more players like those two guys on that roster.
1: That hit on uh, Holloway in Edmonton may have been uh, one of the best hits I've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's, it's up there with anything I've seen or felt. It, and it was
4: clean. That was the thing. Like You don't even have to look at that and wonder. That was as clean and textbook as it gets. But earlier in that game, he absolutely destroyed Dreisaitl behind the net. Mm-hmm. Dreisaitl came behind the net and he was shorthanded and he left his post and just went and ran at him and buried him. And he had the puck. It was a clean hit. And then boom, got right back into position. It was, it was so fast. I don't think Dreisaitl expected him to leave and go hit him. Like, I think he just thought he was going to let him stay to the outside and then boom, Labushkin just closed on him. Killed him and then got right back in position. I was like, "Oh my god!" Hey, tell
2: Toronto like, fans he's it, turning pucks over or something. Though is he yeah, doing
4: something just, bad? Yeah, no. Leave the leave no.
1: our fans with something positive <laughs> that is I, negative I about Labushkin, what, please.
4: Hey, hey, punches puppies. Is there, look, is are, is the talk up there? I mean, I heard you guys talking the other day about um, um, putting the the physicality back in the lineup in Winnipeg, but how much? Um I guess spotlight is on Sheldon Keith right now.
1: Uh a lot more since it, Barry like, Trotz since piped up that he'd like to coach a Canadian uh, original 6 team. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, like what do you think Sheldon Keith is thinking when he hears that? Oh, no, yeah.
3: Like, yeah. Like, Oh, Yeah,
1: thanks, God. Barry. Doing the job from a yeah. Come on, I'm,
3: I'm. Yes, <laughs> I. You know. Well, who, I, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Uh, like, there's, there's no way Barry just throws that out without thinking that he's gonna, uh, you know, not create a, a hornet's nest.
4: I well, I mean, I got to imagine the Leafs are. Just wound super tight right now, and not just during the season here, with you know their record and losing to Arizona and Montreal first game of the year, I'm just saying, like with the expectations of the team in the last few years, like isn't Dubis up for a deal he's He's rolling the year without a contract, isn't he?
1: Yes, he is, yep,
4: yeah, see, I wonder who has the bigger spotlight on him. Is it key for Dubis, you know like because i just mentioned two players that they let walk that i think could have been super valuable to that leaf team this year Labushkin and mckay. so i don't know it's it's interesting. i i i like what they've done there. i think this is the the best roster they've had top to bottom in years. and i like that samsonov pickup. he could be a sneaky uh sneaky find a net. he's but.
1: heading in that right in that direction he's had a history of all good starts uh throughout his uh early career in the national hockey league uh but he's he's answered the bell
4: he's he's big and he's at that age where this is the age where goalies either start to take off with that trajectory right what is he 25 26 yeah,
1: 25 yeah like that? yeah yeah he's right in there so just, i mean yeah just starting I, out it's a good pickup Speaking of goaltenders, he, you think the Sabres he,
2: pick one up or they they stick with Anderson and Comrie for the year?
4: Anderson looks like he's 25. <laughs> Comrie looked like he was 55 last night. But again, you know, like the team didn't really help him in front of him. So, you know, we're going to – he he looked unbelievable in Edmonton. What, I mean, what, he stopped a ton of shots. And What's that?
1: Yeah, I'm just saying that, uh, I mean, it's not a – I'm not earth-shattering anything here when I say that if they can get any consistent goaltending, uh, they're going to be right there in the thick of things. But in all honesty, I mean, 32 teams can say the same thing, right? You just need steady goaltending. And it, we're at that era now where you don't have to stand on your head. You just make the saves that you're supposed to, and you pull a Kemper. Not even that valuable well, to keep.
4: I hear you. And I'm I'm if I'm Kevin Adams, uh, general manager of the Sabres, I'm calling uh vancouver and because you know now they should be thinking about Connor bedard the north vancouver kid and getting the best odds to draft him i would be calling them and saying what do you want for bo horvat ufa we have tons of young prospects we got this matt savoy kid here who's a who's a vancouver kid or a western kid i would i'd be i'd be going starting to try to you know Load up my roster with uh, with uh, with some of these players that are are coming available because the Sabers don't want to miss a beat, right? They don't want to they they you know they want to keep their head above water here, and they need some more veteran players.
1: They might even actually replace Ryan O'Reilly with a guy like Bo Horvat. There you go. Hey, Petey, thanks for doing this, pal. Uh, it was great to be
4: on with you guys. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Good luck Andrew with the Peters. show. Yeah, good luck with the show.
4: Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll chat with you soon.
1: Okay, man. Thanks. PlayerCast. Yes. Remember when you, you can and you, I tried uh, to do that? Can you tape it? Uh,
2: don't ask me too many questions. You can
3: go on YouTube and find it. It's on there.
1: It's on oh, there.
2: Okay. You can go I, back and watch it. Yeah, I, I, yeah almost, I
3: see. I almost fell in my chair when he said about Nylander and Mikheyev and almost fell yeah, in
1: my chair. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. agree
2: with everything your guests think.
1: I'm... I'm liking Willie. I've got no issues with Willie Nealander to start the season. He's looked
3: by far the best I mean, he's ever looked for the yeah. first seven games.
1: You, season. he is the he is that guy where, you know, some guys, and I played with Matt Sundin where, I know he's working hard and and really trying. Yeah. But but you know whether it's a bigger man who skates and Mario went through the same thing where it's like, he's not trying. It's like no, he's he's trying. Yeah. But big guys and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't look like uh yeah. they're pushing with Willie, i i i can see when he's oh yeah got it and when yeah. he doesn't have it For when sure. he's gone
2: he's gone right <laughs> it's the most relevant clip on this show the you play it every
1: day <laughs> and he can't hide when he's not trying you know
2: we get uh these reports from sport logic and you know you can see the top players in the league in a lot of different categories. Willie is the one guy on the Leafs who shows up in almost all the categories, slot shots, cycle chances, you know, inner slot shots, four check chances. He's all over it. Him and Tavares, no Marner and Matthews this year in the top 20, but we're, you know, they, they led a lot of those categories last year. So they'll come around, but that's just to say, Willie's yeah. been very good. So,
1: and oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I love Petey as a guest, but there's n- no chance that, uh, I'm keeping Labushkin.
2: Oh, Makayev got Mikhail four times 4.75, really, I think. Not, not really take alert. <laughs> I
3: yeah. would get. He just got too much money. I would uh, I would have them very much like them to keep Labushkin. Yes. I, would they at least be better or worse if Labushkin was playing Justin Hall's minutes this year?
2: I think they would be better. They would be significantly worse as a team that's struggling to score goals without Willie Nylander. No doubt. That's for
1: darn sure. No doubt. But I, I think I, kind of measure. Justin has a, a key. He falls a lot now. Hall? Yes. Yeah, Justin he, Fall? He's,
3: <laughs> he's blowing a shoe here and there. Uh, he's, he brought up something that I thought was interesting, and I want to ask you guys about it, yeah. about which player from like would have dominated in every era. But the thing that I've always loved the question is, what player from, I guess, the clutch and grab era from a few years ago would you like to see now? And the one that I always come back to is Korea.
2: Yeah. That right? seems to be the consensus pick. Is
3: that the one or Forsberg?
2: Someone who just got trucked a few times. What about Eric Lindros if you couldn't hook and hold him? I know he's. everyone thinks you go to the small guys, but oh it might God. be he, Eric Lindros.
3: He had that window where he was the most exciting player like, in the history of the game. Imagine him now. The,
1: the, the best five-tool NHL player in the history of the game.
2: Love that. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Bo Jackson. Out there just you could skate gigantic like shooting. A,
1: like watching a linebacker on skates. I remember when he used to play the Leafs and when like I was a he, kid. I was like, what? What is that? The first time I played against him, his he took three strides, and I needed like safety goggles so the chips off the ice <laughs> yeah, would not come in cement. my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he's like I cement. was looking for, you know, some I needed goggles or something. Yeah, he, he flew, huh? Oh my god! And there'd yeah. be like there'd be like a, a divot in the ice, <laughs> and it would have been from his two steps. Would you say he had some ill temper or no? Because yeah, he usually got he usually got pretty mad out there. Yeah, he he got mad once in a while. He uh, he had a he had a good streak in him for sure. But right. uh, I mean, good enough back then where you didn't mess with him. That's right. for sure.
2: Okay, I got two things on my list that I want to talk about to make sure we get in. One of them is I got a message when we were talking about Barry Trotz and Sheldon Keefe, which, by the way, the Leafs are 4-3. and three. They were very, very good last year. You know, I don't think it's happening myself. But they said, is Barry Trotz even the solution if he didn't have Sheldon Keefe? Because Trotz is a defense-only guy, right? That's the Islanders, kept everything to the outside, defense, defense, defense. This Leafs team not scoring this year. In big games, in game sevens, in the playoffs, they have trouble scoring. The, the scoring goes away. The team is not bad defensively.
1: Is Trotz even the answer, if you wanted one? I I wouldn't get caught up in in that stereotype of he's just going to come in and shut these guys down and right. and uh, and try to win games two one. He is the third winningest coach. He's got two Jack Adams, a Stanley Cup. He is regarded as one of the best coaches. You're you're saying he's not just trapping it up out there? He's going to cost you between five and six million dollars per. And he sits at the top of the mountain right now.
2: You know, we had Barry Trotz on a radio show like two years ago. And I asked him, Are you more likely to, you know, want to coach a certain way and ask your players to fit that system? Or to look at your roster and then to develop a way to play around the tools you have. And he said that over his years, he coached in, was it Nashville, the Islanders, Washington? He said they did entirely different forechecks checks with, with each team because he looked at the roster and tried to utilize their tools. We think of Barry as a defense only coach because he had the Islanders who had Matt Barzal and Matt Barzal. You know, yeah. like he's a defensive coach because he had to play to his team's strengths. They had good D in goaltending. So I'm not sure that he would do the I, same. With the Leafs,
3: if, he if happens, uh, hypothetically,
2: to if me, I'm an, yeah, go ahead.
3: Well, just to say, to me, it's more about the statement of what it would mean for Dubis to potentially get rid of his best body that he's had that every level he's ever been the general manager of. That would be a bigger message than honestly, honestly, maybe anyone you could bring in. But to couple that with Trots, to me, I don't think it's about the system as much. Obviously, it is about what how he's going to coach. But just the message that sends before he ever even steps on the ice with the team to these guys would be incredibly valuable. If Which is, I it. will
2: slip my own friend's yeah, throat like, yes, like to I get will, to the Stanley yes, Cup. That's you're, I mean, you're included, you're, included you're,
3: in that. Your move. Well, yeah. well I don't think it's – listen, I'm not doing this. I'm not firing the coach. I,
1: you're like you said, it's, it's so early
3: here. But this is looming now. It's, this that, is, it's, it's relevant it's, for talk radio.
1: If it gets to any scenario – I believe it'll have to come from above. Above oh, Kyle. Above Kyle. So either Brendan or the Board of Governors, that's that's who's left, yeah. gives Kyle the old saying, do we have to fire one person or do we have to fire two here? This one's fine. Just one. And because I don't believe for one second that... It's even contemplated in Kyle Dubas' head yeah. right now that he might have to let I don't either. Sheldon go.
2: I actually was thinking about it during the show. I wonder if Sheldon or if Kyle wouldn't, won't come out at some point. I don't know when the next time he's supposed to talk and just say, it ain't happening. We're not firing the coach. I give him a vote of confidence.
1: Vote of confidence uh, sometimes no. goes the other way. I'm telling you right now that even if he said it, it wouldn't mean anything, wouldn't mean anything yeah. and we wouldn't believe him. If those words are going to be uttered out of anybody's mouth, we're going to have to hear from Brendan Shanahan for the first time this season. Yeah. Why do they not talk? Why do we never hear from these guys? Um, Bre- Brendan says it, and then you know it's true. Yeah. Kyle says it, who's, uh, who couldn't get an extension on his deal? No. No. I mean, again, I've told
2: many stories about working with these guys, but I've seen them at odds with one, one another. And I wonder if a part of Kyle wouldn't see separating from Sheldon as like, I am willing to work with other people. I am able to work with other people. Mm-hmm. I don't think so in the end. They are buddies, but
3: they're, think about how much you're in touch. incredibly close. Think
2: how much a GM and a I, head coach are in touch. It's
1: constant. Who's coming up? I, who's coming down? Who's in my lineup? What's practice lineup? I would almost go so opposite here. And I believe, and I, you know Kyle better than me. A, l- a lot of people probably do, but my perception of Kyle is he might go down the ship before he fires his buddy.
3: Yeah, that's when no, you br- when, so. when you brought up the thing. It's like it's
1: either two or I, one. Maybe I, he says I, two. I think I, I, I think, think so. he go. Listen, he's my guy. I believe in him. You want to fire him, you fire me too. And I would bet that Kyle would have enough confidence to think that you don't want me. I'm going, I'll, I'll find a job tomorrow. Well,
2: that's one of the reasons it's more likely to happen is that he doesn't have the contract. He hasn't been shown the yes. confidence. He may be looking for a fresh start yes. anyway and frustrated with it all. So it's an easy spot to be like, I'm going down with my guy here. And, you know, you get all the virtue points that come with that.
1: I would I. I, I In all honesty, I, I don't know if he's got a rep or he's got somebody making calls for him, but you've got no contract. You don't think Kyle has either direct or indirectly covering his tracks here? The problem is no
2: GM talks to you and says, we'd like you to have my job. So you have to have him talking to people above GMs.
1: Yeah, that happens. What do you mean? Well you talk to, you talk to ownership GM they say Oh think so? Oh yeah. You can get to ownership groups. Yeah. Yeah. You can sit there and say, I got a young hot executive. Um, you're looking at, you know, what's your situation? Do you have Would WhatsApp. You make I don't think we should text over uh,
2: direct messaging.
1: Uh you know, ch- come check with, with me in February or March or April and uh you know, we'll we'll watch your situation, you watch ours. Yeah. Like, Don't be a fool to think that doesn't happen.
2: Interesting. I love it. Game of Thrones.
3: Do you want want to hear uh, what Patrick Alvine had to say about his head coach? As long as we get to talk about Mollett Arena before the show's over. He was asked, right? Yeah. Patrick, this is from Brennan Batchelor on Twitter, who is the play-by-play voice of the Canucks on 650. He tweeted this out that uh, Patrick Alvine, when asked about whether Bruce Baudreau has full support, We're working very tight together here. That's not a yes. We're working close. We're trying to find solutions. At the end of the day, we're going to start winning hockey games. That's the bottom line.
1: Yeah. Did he say with or without Bruce? (laughs) More more (laughs) Alvin.
3: Yeah, the coaching staff from day one. We have a good communication. We're working together, and we're going to find a way out of this.
2: A way. Not that way, necessarily.
1: Yes works.
2: Yes works. (laughs) (laughs) Does he have your support? Yes. Yes. Yes, he does. There was not one yes in nope. that. There was
1: nothing in there that would make Bruce Boudreaux feel good.
2: No. So did you see the short video? I think it was Craig Morgan um, from Phoenix tweeted a video of Mullet Arena. So right now, Arizona has yet to play a game at home. They're going home for four games, and the players are going to dress in a rink yeah. near the rink with no ice Yeah. in curtains which, who cares? I mean, they can do it for a game. It's not like anyone's being asked to do it permanently. But So they're, they're dressing like in a hallway, essentially, in the National Hockey League yeah. to play in front of 4,500 people.
1: God, well, It yeah, must bring back great memories of playing in a <laughs> yeah, people peewee. I was going to say, this is like millionaires a, love nostalgia. Playing in a, playing in a peewee tournament. You know, that's
3: exactly my first thought. And then,
2: after this, Arizona plays at home for, do you know how many games did I tell you before the show? They play at home for four games, and then they go on the road. Oh, sorry. They go yeah, yeah. on the road for not four games, not five games, uh, fourteen games. Like the league didn't set them up to have a chance this year. The team didn't try to win. That to me is a joke. That the league and the team together, holding hands, just punted on the air. Fourteen game road I really trip hope after this.
1: Connor Bedard enjoys it there.
2: And listen, it's cheap and warm. I lived there for years. How has he? Has he? How's his golf game? <laughs> He'll get better playing at Boulders and Troon I and
3: just, Greyhawk and I. I am downright disgusted by the arizona coyotes the uh, whole situation
1: the, the school
2: four years of school, this i understand the dressing just get situation rid of hear, move them somewhere the, else
1: i hear the school is super nervous because of uh ncaa violations about having a pro team right so they're there. gonna
2: like make the facilities better and then the ncaa is gonna say
3: oh like it's gonna entice people to come to that sick facilities yeah, for it's, NCAA just, team. it's it's
1: a thing yeah, it's That's just a thing. thing.
3: I never thought of that.
1: Yes, that uh, you you know you're associated with pro hockey and uh, or pro sports and you know they they cannot pros cannot go in there and have preferential treatment or on anything. So the building has to stay college quality. Really, really go And by the way, I, I like play college
2: sports <laughs> and it's a lot better than where the guys are
3: dressing in Mullet Arena tonight. I can tell you that, buddy. My the zigzags dress. <laughs> like, ours looks like uh, uh, the Scotiabank or, yeah, Scotiabank Arena compared to that.
2: It is unbelievable. Like, they have the black curtain dividers yeah. in this rink, and the guys are going to have presumably chairs, and they'll just yeah. get dressed, which I know. Who cares? They're millionaires. They can
3: go have one hockey game like this. But no, it's-, it's not. It's not like that. How is this not – how are you a professional sports league? What – can you imagine – uh, somebody coming into a, I guess maybe in the NFL. I was going to say maybe in Washington, it's not so great. But going somewhere in the NFL, and they're like, "Yeah, you're going to be dressed in this hallway here. This is where you're going to get dressed. Yeah, we're going to walk you up to the other place where you yeah. can have your post game shower. We're going to walk you over here. Like, there's no
1: other professional sports league where this would happen. And it's just so, Arizona. So there's no chance that uh, a year, uh, two years from now, when Austin's touring around, oh my, God. He's, it's it's going to be. Uh, an impressive thing for him.
2: I, I think there's actually a point here, Kipper, where there's no vindication for Arizona. Like, if they won the Cup in eight years from now in their new arena in Tempe, like, a, maybe that validates all of this.
1: Maybe. And maybe not. Does this not guarantee he's not going there in two years? Oh,
3: he's not going to Arizona. No
1: chance. No. L.A.? Yeah,
2: the, yeah, the La's the... L.A.? The what if Arizona gets Bedard? They get a bajillion picks. They have another tank year. They get another first overall oh, pick. He stays. Teams... He stays. He stays. Regardless, after the Leafs trade
1: three first round um, picks for
3: Dumba and Chickren. and, Patrick Kane. <laughs> he, <laughs> and he,
1: Patrick Kane, he stays on a short term deal. Yeah, three. Right? Maybe two. Oh. maybe just enough for. Uh, uh, that would make people gag, wouldn't it?
2: Matthews is m- resigned. M- maybe two years. just enough to
1: maybe. Arizona does get a rink eventually and he can go there and, and end his career.
2: Yeah. I like what you're doing here.
1: Really mm. riling up the people
2: here.
3: <laughs> I, maybe they should just move the goddamn team. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I'm a if I'm a hockey Quebec fan, City's got, a that's what I mean, arena
4: right?
2: and they're so, like, so
1: What Gary, do we have to do? Gary Batman? like he he, he he moved to Winnipeg. They got a team back. Mm-hmm. Uh he moved. Uh who else got, uh, moved and got a team back? I don't know that anyone else got it back, did they? The
2: Quebec City lost their team once upon a time there.
1: Who else has he moved? Colorado. Has not? moved a lot, but he's moved on no. somebody else. Has he not? I'm trying to think. Why am I drawing? There's
3: I got
2: Winnipeg Atlanta me. back to Winnipeg and that's, that's all I got. Okay. Maybe I'm just,
3: uh, but it wasn't a it wasn't but, Winnipeg that he, it was Winnipeg moved to Phoenix. And then it oh, was right. Atlanta, Atlanta that went to okay. Winnipeg. Yeah.
1: My point is that, like, he could move them oh, and move, move them back. back. Interesting point. Go play in Quebec City for four
3: years. Yeah. Or just... Why do they do that? That makes sense. I don't know. It just, it's, it sickens me that it's a professional league, the team that, the, my favorite sport. And I have to have, like, I know they're millionaires, I doesn't I think matter. I played
1: in San Jose and Tampa Bay. They had those... Goofy ranks Cow Palace, I think, yeah, that's was what's one gone, of yeah. them.
3: That was, that was San oh Jose. Oh, my
1: God. I'm, like, or was that t- pulling t- straw out of my hockey pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, oh, they had the circus here yesterday. It's,
3: it's also, also will will not 1980. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but this will be a story those teams tell. Like, we played in Arizona. We played in Tempe, Arizona. They had a team, and, you know, there was –
1: we dressed in chairs. Oh, another like team it- that got moved back was the Minnesota. Thank you. They went to Dallas, yes. and then they, and then they right. expanded back so to So he's done it twice. Minnesota, and Minnesota got one back. They, they'll get one back. Just get it back when it's in good shape. And I played in Minnesota uh, when it was the North Stars, and they played in that goofy building that had no rhyme or reason on what the color of the seats were. Really? And it was half empty, <laughs> and i get dizzy looking up in the stands. And look at them now; they they love their hockey. Yeah. Oh, it's a great place to play hockey. And it's Minnesota healthy. A great,
2: great situation in general. Arizona could get there. Ah. ah, it's tough. You know, it's just fans are so beaten down by this; they might have been better off going somewhere else and coming back because this is it's, it's some sort of public humiliation or something.
1: Oh my god, I, I didn't even read this because I'm starting to like just ignore your um your your a lineup sheet yeah. but like Kyle Clifford's on IR yeah. what, where did that come from I don't even fell down he fell down wow yeah IR alright thanks for reading my lineup I appreciate it Mike. yeah no Johnny problem Johnny Journalist it took don't me even read it took me two hours <laughs> took me two hours hey you know what I don't think the show sucked no it was good as bad as I thought it would <laughs> the weather's still bad medium sucking but today was actually fun I had a good time Okay, our thanks to Gary Galley, Scott Hartnell, Andrew Peters, and all of you who I hope agree with me. This show didn't suck. I'm Nick Kiprios for Justin Bourne. We're back tomorrow. Tee up San Jose and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Have a great night, everybody.